0: Please remain standing for the reading of our sermon text this evening. It comes from Psalm 1. It can be found in your pew Bible on page 448. Psalm 1. The word of God says, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season, and his leaf does not wither, and all that he does he prospers. The wicked are not so, but they are like chaff that the wind drives away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous, for the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. And this is the word of God. Heavenly Father. May we continue to hear from you tonight. Open our eyes, our ears, and our hearts to your word. May we learn about the blessed man and how you call your people to live. May we know we live as such through faith in Jesus Christ, the truly blessed man. And it's all in the name of Jesus Christ that I pray. Amen. You may be seated. In this life, we are faced with many decisions. There are pathways and different roads we can travel. This is both physically, spiritually, emotionally. We come up to forks in the road throughout our life. We can go to the left, we can go to the right, we can go straight. How do we decide? Where do we seek counsel? Do we follow in someone's footsteps? Do we make our own way? How do we decide? In whom will we trust? What is the way? In this psalm, we see there are two ways a person can go. We have the way of the wicked, the sinners, and the scoffers, and we have the way of the righteous. (laughs) These are ways that are presented to us every day. What path will we walk? In whose way will we stand? With whom will we sit and spend our time? In whom shall we trust? The world tugs at us in different directions. We have movies, we have television, we have social media. They're all trying to tell us how we should live. We have politicians making policies and laws in which we are to abide that are ungodly. Our unsaved friends and family are encouraging us in very ungodly ways as their eyes are closed to the truth and the righteousness of Christ. They say, well, you do you. You only live once. You need to look out for yourself and you just need to be happy. Does the unbelieving world, our friends and family, do they really know true happiness? They may give what seems like sound advice at times, but are these true words, especially with spirituality, that we should follow? There are many times, even throughout church history and in the church today, where these kind of theories come into the church that are antithetical to God and to his word. So, which way should we go? In whom shall we trust? Today we're going to look at this psalm in three parts. We will see from verses 1 to 2 a contrast of actions between the blessed man and the wicked. We will see in verses 3 to 4 a contrast of fruit that comes from the blessed man and the wicked. And the third point we will see from verses 5 to 6 a contrast of results that occur from being the blessed man or from being the wicked man. But keeping in mind throughout this whole sermon that the main point being the blessed man delights in the law of the Lord because he is planted in Jesus Christ, the truly blessed man. So let's begin. Verse one, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked nor stands in the way of sinners nor sits in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord and on his law, he meditates day and night. So here this Psalm starts out with the word blessed. In the Hebrew, it often means happy and not just happy like you're happy with the outcome of your birthday party. You're, you're happy with the outcome of your vacation. Or even happy with the excellent meal that you had for lunch. Those kind of happiness, that kind of happiness is fleeting. If you're only happy for the moment, but then it never lasts. But this is a happiness, this blessedness that lasts. This is a happiness and blessing and favor from God Almighty that he sustains forever. Blessed is the man. Truly happy is the man. What makes this man blessed? How is he described? The psalmist starts out by giving us three things that the blessed man does not do. He doesn't walk in the counsel of the wicked. He doesn't stand in the way of sinners. He doesn't sit in the seat of scoffers. So here we have a contrast of action. The blessed man does not walk in the counsel of the wicked. In the day that this psalm was penned, there were pagan nations all around Israel who worshipped false gods. They were idolaters and followed sinful ways. There were also those in Israel who were part of the covenant community that were covenant breakers in their actions and their words against God. And often Israel wanted to be like the pagan nations. We see in 1 Samuel, other nations had kings, so they wanted a king. And throughout the Old Testament, many of the kings that God gave them led them astray into idolatry. King Solomon, for example, who was granted wisdom by God, still fell into ideology, idolatry, being led astray by his pagan wives. This is no different from the time we live in right now. There are worshippers of false gods everywhere, and this isn't just in official religions like Islam or Buddhism or other Eastern religions. There's the religion of secularism. It is the zeitgeist, the spirit of the age, the religion that tries to say that it's neutral. But there is no neutrality. You're either for Christ or you're against him. So much like the day of the psalmist, the wicked are still often in the church. They creep in with their worldly philosophies on how to reach people, how to do outreach and growth, conferences that are based on worldly and business advice. They might not seem wicked on the surface, but these systems are antithetical to the word of God. Many Christians are influenced by these systems in ways that deal with church growth, race, ethnicity, and sexuality. The truly happy man does not seek the counsel of such people. The truly happy, blessed man seeks to do the will of God. He knows what God has said, and that finishes the matter. If he doesn't know what God has said, he knows where to look. And after looking in those places, the scriptures, he also knows how to consult with other godly people. Brothers and sisters, do we often do this ourselves, seek the counsel from unbelievers when it comes to spiritual matters? Do you go to other sources first before consulting the scriptures, consulting what God has said? Are we often walking in the counsel of the wicked, seeking to do what is popular and not what is biblical? Certainly, there are times where we can get advice from unbelievers. You know, we can get advice on where to buy a car, roof repair, even some health advice from unbelievers. But when it comes to spirituality and morality, we need to seek the counsel of God. I've heard it many, said many times that we can get wisdom and counsel outside of the scriptures because, you know, all truth is God's truth. Just, you know, chew up the meat and spit out the bones. But, you know, people choke on bones every day and they die. There's no other place to look for the Christian but to the scriptures. Jesus, tempted by Satan in Matthew 4, he says, But he answered, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. The text in Psalm 1 says the blessed, truly happy man does not walk in the way of sinners. The truly happy, truly favored, truly blessed man does not walk in the counsel of the wicked. Yet, none of us perfectly avoid that. We have all at times, even as Christians, walked in the counsel of the wicked. But praise God... Jesus never took counsel with the wicked. He took counsel with his Father and the Holy Spirit. Blessed is he, and by grace through faith in him, we are blessed. The blessed man does not stand in the way of sinners. You have often heard people say, I stand for this cause, or I stand for that cause. Stand up against this, I stand up against that. Some causes are worth standing up for on, biblical, on a biblical worldview, there are very good and righteous things to stand for, standing for standing against poverty, standing for life of the unborn. There are a few causes that we can stand on that are biblical. Here I stand; I can do no other. Or the words attributed to Martin Luther as he was standing at the Diet of Worms, defending the gospel. It was a righteous cause that Martin Luther was standing for. So there are righteous stands. But there is an unrighteous stand, a standing in the way of sinners, heels dug in, people will not budge. They are stiff-necked and almost immovable. They stand in the manner of sinners, loving their sin. They may be standing with certain groups that say they are for justice, but their ideologies are against the world of God. Maybe even standing for sin itself. One area, again, I mentioned before, is that we should stand for as Christians is around life. As Christians, we need to defend the life of the most vulnerable. We must stand for life in the womb. But sadly, I see many professed Christians not standing for life. They stand in the way of sinners. And recently, with the possible overturning of Roe v. Wade, I've seen a lot of Christians, professed Christians, standing not on the side of life, but with the culture of death. Brothers and sisters, we must pray for those Christians as well, that God grants them repentance. If not for the grace of God, that is you, and that is me. Proverbs fourteen twelve says, There is a way that seems right to a man, but in the in the end his way is the way to death. Standing in the way of sinners may feel right, but destruction is coming, death is coming. Get out of its way, get off the road, move to the righteous way, turn to Christ and live. Let's take heed of what the writer of Proverbs 1 says, starting in verse 10. My son, if sinners entice you, do not consent. If they say, come with us, let us lie and wait for blood. Let us ambush the innocent without reason. Like Sheol, let us swallow them alive and whole, like those who go down to the pit. We shall find all precious goods. We shall fill our houses with plunder. Throw in your lot among us. We will have one purse. My son, do not, do not walk in In the way with them, hold back your feet from their paths. Their feet run to evil, and they make haste to shed blood, for in vain is a net spread in the sight of any bird. But these men lie in wait for their own blood. They set an ambush for their own lives. Such are the ways of everyone who is greedy for unjust gain. It takes away the life of the possessor. Here, the writer is instructing his son not to stand with sinners, don't do what the wicked are counseling you to do. It will lead you to your own death. It will lead you to destruction. It will lead you to hell. These sinners are seeking their own gain and not seeking the kingdom of God. The world is full of sinners standing in the way. They are comfortable in their sin. The world affirms their sin. They celebrate their sin. Again, not just out there, but also many times in the church. Romans 1 Verse 32 says, though they know God's righteous decree that those who practice such things deserve to die, they not only do them, but give approval to those who practice them. Brothers and sisters, please don't be standing in the way of them. Are you comfortable in your sin? Are you comfortable with other people in their sin? We all at one point were standing in the way of sinners, but praise God, we have a savior Jesus Christ, who never stood in the way of sinners, he stands in the way of the righteous because he is righteous. He is the blessed man. He stands for you by grace through faith. In him, you are blessed. The blessed man does not sit in the seat of scoffers. Come on in, take a seat. You can have my seat, cries the scoffer. Don't take their seat. Their seat may feel comfortable like a massage chair, but it's gonna get hot really quick. Let's remember that we, we, we all have been in the council of the wicked. We all have sat in the seat of scoffers. The wicked are those who reject God. We have the sinners who actively disobey, whether consciously or unconsciously. Now we have scoffers. These are the people who antagonize God. They purposely go against him. They mock him and his people. They say things like the psalmist wrote in Psalm 42.10. With a deadly wound in my bones, my adversaries taunt me. While they say to me all the day long, where is your God? Or Chronicles thirty-six fifteen, The Lord, the God of their fathers, sent persistently to them his messengers because they had compassion on his people and on his dwelling place. But they kept mocking the messengers of God, despising his words and scoffing at his prophets until the wrath of the Lord rose against his people until there was no remedy. Or like in Matthew 27, verse 40. And saying to Jesus, you who would destroy the temple and rebuild it in three days, save yourself. If you are the son of God, come down from the cross. This is an open mocking of God, scoffing him and scoffing his prophets. No regards for his holiness, no regard for their own creator, no regards for the God that everyone knows exists. Romans 1.19 says, For what can, be, what can be known about God is plain to them, because God has shown it to them for his invisible attributes, namely his eternal and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world in the things which have been made so they are all without excuse the truly happy man the favored man the blessed man does not sit with scoffers he won't spend that much time around them he will not associate them associate with them he knows the way of the mocker and sitting with them will lead him to destruction Brothers and sisters, we all know those who mock God. Some are in our families. Some grew up in the church and left. Not only do they not follow God, but they mock him and they mock his followers. And I have often heard it said that atheists don't believe in God and they hate him. But we are to love the scoffers. We are to love the sinners. We are to love the wicked. We are to still have conversations with them and share the gospel with them. All of us at one point sat in a seat of scoffers but we were born again we have been saved by grace through faith in the one who is not a scoffer jesus christ we are not called however to be satisfied with endorsing the way of scorn we are to share the truth with them in love and shake the dust off our feet when we are rejected when the message is rejected but we are to not sit with them in their hatred of the creator we do not rest in the seat of the scoffer Praise God that Jesus did not sit in the seat of the scoffer. He is the blessed man. By grace through faith in him, we are blessed. In contrast, what does the blessed man do? But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. The joy of the truly happy man is the law of God. He finds true happiness in God's commands. It is the instruction and counsel of God that the blessed man seeks. What joy it brings him to know and to do the law of the Lord. The truly blessed man meditates on the law day and night. He thinks about it all the time. He ruminates on it. He muses over it. He loves the commands of God. It is the place where the Lord speaks to him. He does not depart from him. His joy is to not only think about it, but it is to walk in the law of the Lord, stand in it, to sit in the law of the Lord. As the blessed man Jesus Christ said himself in John 6, verse 38, for I have come down from heaven to do not my own will, but to do the will of him who sent me. How much time do we spend in the law of the Lord? How much time do we spend meditating in the law, studying it, memorizing it, putting it in our heart, walking in the way of the Lord? Do we delight our thoughts in God? Does it change us? Do we want more of it? Do we seek the counsel of him and the company of other Christians. Are we like the dealer that pants for water, seeking God? Matthew Henry writes of this passage, We need not court the fellowship of sinners, either for pleasure or for improvement, while we have fellowship with the word of God and with God himself in and by his word. Brothers and sisters, we have the truth. We know where to look. We know where we can delight in the law of the Lord. In our natural state, though, we do not want the law of the Lord. To come out of the wicked counsel, paths of sinners, and the seed of scoffers, we need a miracle. Though not all the time perfectly, as Christians do we delight in the law of the Lord, we still delight in it because God has changed our hearts. This is because Jesus delights in the law of the Lord, and by grace through faith in him, we are blessed. To what can we compare the blessed man who delights in the law of the Lord? We have verses 3 and 4. The blessed man, he is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season. And this leaf does not wither. In all that he does, he prospers. But how are the wicked? The wicked are not so. They are like chaff that the wind drives away. In sixth grade, I remember doing a science experiment where I had two plants and I watered one with water, which is the good thing for the plant, and I watered one with beer. Now, the one that I watered with water grew strong the way a plant should the one that I watered with beer, did not. It actually grew mold. So not only did it not grow, it wasn't strong, it became diseased. Now, I don't tell that to, to say that, you know, beer is bad, just to put that caveat out there. There's wise consumption of alcohol if you so choose. But I'm saying that because the blessed man is like the tree that is planted next to the water, where it gets its source of nutrients. He delights in the law of the Lord because he is planted there. It does not say that he plants himself there. He is planted there by God, by the source of nutrients, planted by a stream that provides what the tree needs to grow and to yield fruit, and it does not wither. And the psalmist is writing in a context of a desert, a dry land. There's not much water in the land, yet the blessed man is planted by streams of water. The tree, planted and rooted next to a source of nutrients, continues to give fruit, always prospering. Even the tree's leaves continue to grow healthy. Every aspect of the tree remains doing so, remains doing what it was made to do. This is the truly blessed man, the truly happy man. As fruit, he delights in the law of the Lord. He meditates on the law of the Lord, seeking to do the will of the Lord, doing so because he is planted by the stream of the word of the Lord. By the Lord Himself. He pros- prospers not because of just following the law of the Lord, but because the Lord is with Him. The Lord is providing for Him. The Lord plants Him by the water. Brothers and sisters, don't miss this very important point. The Lord plants us, the believer, by the source of life. We are rooted next to the tree of living water by grace through faith in the blessed man, Jesus Christ. We prosper. And not like this prosperity gospel. Not this formula of having enough faith and you will get riches. But we truly prosper. We have a righteous life, pleasing to God through Christ. And this is, not, this, this, this is a blessing on earth, too. We prosper. We've been given a kingdom that cannot be shaken. We've received a family of brothers and sisters in Christ. And we have eternal life in the Lord. In contrast, though, the wicked are not so. They stand in the way of sinners. They sit in the seat of scoffers. They do not delight in the law of the Lord. They reject Jesus Christ. Therefore, they are like chaff. Chaff is the husk around a seed, which we do not eat. In order to eat the wheat, we must remove the chaff. And it falls to the floor, and it is very light. So it is blown easily by the wind. The wicked are blown about. They are driven away, not having been planted and rooted and grounded in good soil. They are not planted and rooted near the flowing water of the Lord Jesus Christ. There is no solid foundation to be rooted in. They stand on shifting sand. Jesus put it this way in Luke 6, verse 47. Everyone who comes to me and hears my words and does them, I will show you what he is like. He is like a man building a house who dug it deep and laid a foundation on the rock. And when the flood arose and the stream broke against the house, he could not shake it because it was it had been well built. But the one who hears and does not, Do them is like a man who built his house on the ground without foundation. When the stream broke against it, immediately it fell, and the ruin of the house was great. Those who will grow and prosper are those who are rooted and planted, built on the foundation of the Lord, rooted in Christ, believing anything else will leave us like chaff, blown about by the wind, not truly desiring righteousness or desiring the will of God. If you build your house on the sand, looking to worldly systems and councils, when the storm comes, great will be the fall. Chaff is only good to be burned in the fire. This brings us to our final point. There's a contrast of results for the wicked and the blessed man. Verse 5. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. The wicked, like chaff blown by the wind have no ground to stand on. The wicked, sinners, and scoffers all come to the same end. Judgment will come and only the righteous will stand. Jesus says in John 3, verse 19, and this is judgment, that light has come into the world, but people love the darkness rather than the light because their works were evil. For everyone who does wicked hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his works be exposed. But whoever does what is true comes to the light so that it may be clearly seen that his works have been carried out in God. The blessed man is brought into the light. God's mercy draws and exposes the sin of the blessed man to break us, break our heart, that we may cry out, Woe is me, I am undone. His works are then done in the light, as he does and delights in the law of the Lord. He prospers, being planted by flowing streams of the Lord's word, seeing the Lord's mercy and the Lord's love. As he grows like a strong Tree grows like a tree planted by streams of flowing water, but it's not so for the wicked. The Almighty God will separate the wheat and the tares. John the Baptist warns in Matthew three twelve, his winnowing fork is in his hand, and he will clear the thres- threshing floor and gather his wheat into his barn. But the chaff will burn like unquenchable fire. The wicked, the sinners, and the scoffers will go to eternal hell. There's no place for sinners in the congregation of the righteous. They will not gather to worship the Lord. God says to be holy as I am holy. No one holy thing can can inherit the kingdom of God. The wicked will perish. They will enter eternal punishment. They will be in the darkness where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. And this is even in the church. And Jesus tells that parable about the wheat and the tares. And at the end, when judgment comes, he will separate the wheat and the tares together. There is no hope for those who walk in the counsel of the ungodly. No peace for those who stand in the way of sinners. There is no salvation for those who continue to sit in the seat of scoffers. The weeds will be uprooted and tossed into the fire. We must follow the way and the path of Christ. Resist the devil and he will flee. There's nothing good in that way. Keep looking to the blessed man, Jesus Christ, and being planted and rooted in him. Brothers and sisters, the Lord knows the way of the righteous, his way is blessed. He is truly blessed. He is favored of the Lord and truly happy. The Lord planted him by his streams of flowing water. The Lord is with the righteous. One more time, Matthew Henry says of this passage, God must have all the glory of the prosperity and happiness of the righteous. They are blessed because the Lord knows their way. He chose them into it, inclined them to choose it, leads them and guides them in it and orders all their steps. God has placed the blessed man on his course. He has set the desires of the law into his heart. He has planted him. He keeps him away from the wicked, from the standing in the way of sinners, from sitting in the seat of scoffers. Brothers and sisters, are you the blessed man? Are you delighting in the law of the Lord and meditating on the law day and night? Is your desire to do the law of the Lord? Are you keeping yourself unstained from the world? The answer is yes, we are. Because we are called into the light by the Lord Jesus Christ. We are called to delight in the law of the Lord. We are called to obey and we must follow the righteous way of the Lord. But has any of us ever perfectly delighted in the law of the Lord day and night? Has anyone perfectly obeyed the law of the Lord? If we must be holy to enter the kingdom of heaven and we haven't done that, then how will we stand in the congregation? Is there a truly blessed man who has perfectly obeyed? If so, who is the blessed man? Jesus is the blessed man. He never walked in the counsel of the wicked. He never stood in the way of sinners. He never sat in the seat of scoffers. His delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. He is the tree planted by streams of flowing water. All that he does prospers. The Lord knows his way is righteous because Jesus Christ is righteous. And brothers and sisters, because Jesus Christ is the blessed man, We are the blessed man by grace through faith in him. We can stand in the congregation of the righteous because we are righteous, not a righteousness of our own, but a righteousness that is imputed to us, it is credited to us. We are seen as if we delight and meditate in the law of the Lord day and night. And now we desire his law out of gratitude for what Jesus Christ has done for us. Jesus, even though he is righteous, he was put out of the congregation. He was treated as if he was the wicked man. He was beaten as if he was a sinner. He was crucified and scoffed at as if he was a scoffer. Brothers and sisters, we had a wicked, a sinning, and a scoffing heart, but God took our heart and he replaced it with a heart of flesh that delights in him. We now heed the words of this psalm. We won't seek the counsel of the wicked, and if we do, we repent because we know we are forgiven. We won't stand in the way of sinners, and if we do, we repent because we know we are forgiven. And we won't sit in the seat of scoffers, but if we do, we repent, because we know we are forgiven. May God open our eyes, that we may not stray from his law. May we confess our sin, knowing that he is faithful and just, to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. When faced with the road to travel, which place to stand, or where to sit, what do we choose? Which is the way? Jesus said this, Let not your hearts be troubled, from John 14. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house there are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go prepare a place for you, I will come again, and I will take you to myself, that where I am you may also be. And you know the way where I'm going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you're going. How can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. From now on, you do know him and you have seen him. This is the way. Jesus is the way. He is in whom we trust. We look to him. We know him and the Father by the Spirit. We have seen the Lord. He has revealed himself to us. When temptation comes to walk in the way of the wicked, remember Jesus. He is the way. When the temptation comes to stand in the way of sinners, remember we are in Jesus. He is the truth in whom we stand. When we are tempted to sit in the seat of scoffers that will only end in death, remember you are in Jesus. He is the life. The Psalm points to Jesus, the way, the truth, and the life. He is the blessed man. He is the one this Psalm is about. He is the one we look to. He is the reason. That we can stand in the judgment in the congregation of the righteous. In the end, brothers and sisters, you are also the blessed man, the truly happy man, the truly favored man, because you are in Jesus Christ, the perfect Lamb of God slain before the foundation of the world for us. This is, of course, if you have believed. You don't have to walk, stand, and sit with the wicked, the sinners, and the scoffers. You can come to the light of Jesus Christ today and be blessed. You can be the blessed man. Your sins are many. His mercy is more. Do not be like the chaff that is blown away and will soon burn in the fire. As the psalmist writes elsewhere and Paul quotes in Romans, blessed are those whose lawless deeds are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man against whom the Lord will not count sin. This is the way. Jesus Christ is the way. Let us pray. Father, we thank you that you have revealed Christ to us, that he is the way. He is the blessed man. Though we sometimes sit in the seat of scoffers, stand in the way of sinners, walk the path of the ungodly, Lord, may we continue to look to Christ who's never done that. Change our hearts. May we delight in the law, truly delight in the law because of what you've done. Not out of trying to earn anything, earn salvation, but knowing We are forgiven in Christ. We are the blessed man. Thank you for blessing us through Christ. It's in His name that I pray. Amen.